Blog Talk Radio. Father calls a son. He does not leave him full of the world, of his own desires and instincts of the flesh. The father calls his son to his side, and then angels are dispatched to bring him his son. These angels know the condition the son must be in to present himself before the father. He cannot come full of himself with all of his worldly desires, his ego, lest he feel the pain of his sin and flee before even hearing his father's voice, like Adam hiding from his shame. Like fine gold is refined by fire, the son is confronted by the devil face to face, just as Job faced Satan at the will of God. As Christ was tempted for 40 days prior to returning to start his ministry, Christ faced the evil one who brought the heat of the furnace to purify his heart, soul, and his mind of this world. Every calling in the Word of God for the Son of Man is the same, but manifests in different ways, but always has the same outcome. The Son of Man is finally purified, refined like fine gold, knowing his own sin and grasping the law of God so deeply that he can finally confess his unworthy stature and repent fully, completely, with a fully humble and contrite heart. Then and only then can the Son approach the throne of His Father. And even so, He still crawls. The fact that you are here listening to this show demonstrates that you are heeding the call. For many are called, and few are chosen. Those that are chosen have to actually respond to that call. Hey, hello, this is Derek Rose. Welcome to the show. Uh, just if you can, give me a heads up. Let me know that uh, that you can hear me in the chat room. Say hello. Say yes, I can hear you. Copy that, whatever you would like to say. Um, Steve, are you on? I am. Hey, we have Steven. Steven. I'm sure that that drives you crazy, <laughs> that name. <laughs> it's, no, it's fine. So uh, we have uh, Steve on. I'm, uh, just so you know um, that uh, I'm probably going to let Steve really head off this show because um, much of what we're going to be discussing, obviously, I mean, I've been discussing the, the Anunnaki over the, over the past four videos. And just so everyone knows that Steve and I didn't coordinate that we were going to be talking about the Anunnaki or Enlil or Inky or any of that. Um, we talk, and primarily we just talk about what we're going, what we're going through spiritually. Uh, apparently, Steve's dog has joined the show. Um, I love puppies, so I don't mind. Uh, the, um, uh, we don't coordinate what we're going to talk about. He doesn't even Steve doesn't tell me even what his shows are going to be about, and I don't tell him what my shows are going to be about because I really don't even know what I'm going to say until I hit record on the camera. And so this is um, 
it's truly remarkable to me that we the synchronicity of how things work, how the father operates right now is becoming so apparent. It takes, you know, you literally have to be blind to not see it, particularly on our end, because Steve and I, the one thing that we will always do is we'll always marvel when we talk. We'll go, I can't believe your show was talking about that. And I was talking about the same thing. So um, there is no need in the same way that you in the same way that we've heard Naughty Beaver say the same thing. Right. Right, and it's a congruity. Again, we don't we don't collaborate on our content. We we collaborate just in ideas, and we sit and talk about things. And I have to, I have to have people to bounce stuff off of because the things that I see are just so whacked out, right, and mm-hmm. completely foreign to anything I've ever seen before in my life. So everything I'm seeing is like for the first time a lot of times, right? But anyway. Yeah. As 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 the, as the journey continues here, I meet this guy, or I come across this guy named Kerry Parker online, and I listen to his whole story. I listen to it on the Josh Tolley show. I listen to it on a radio broadcast, and I was the reason that I felt compelled to put him on my show was to demonstrate to people a very cold, hard fact, factual truth that can be confirmed through a NASA photograph that. Indeed, Enyel, Enyel of the two brothers, Enyel and Enki, and we're going to talk about Anunnaki here tonight, um, one of them is going to come back for the Jews. And this was all foretold. <laughs> this is nothing new to us. And, and Enki, his brother, was going to come back next, claiming to come for everybody. And so I was intrigued to say, let's hear this story and see this evidence because this is evidence of exactly the story of the Sumerian text, the cuneiform, the Old Testament, all the things that we talk about, these characters that are involved. And I really appreciated your video today, Derek, because a lot of people are like already making videos and Facebook stuff about me, putting Gary on my show claiming that I was agreeing with Gary that this character that he met this this contact that he had was with God, not even close. <laughs> yeah, you know, this and, individual- and this is this is important to talk. This is important to talk about because, you know, the like I said in the video, the the vitriol that you get, and the they're literally their ears are deaf. They don't hear. I could read directly from the cuneiform text where they say that they're gods. And then people would scream at us saying, you said they're gods. No, I was reading from the – I'm telling you what the texts say, right? So if I were to, if I were to read to you from you know, uh, Anton LaVey's the, you know, the Satanic Bible, would you say that I worship Anton LaVey just because I was reading to you from the, from the Satanic Bible? No, this is, the, this is exactly the problem of everybody on this planet when it comes to their religions, that if they – they don't understand the enemy. They don't, how, they don't know how anything operates. The mere fact that I can ask a Christian and say, hey, have you ever read the Satanic Bible? Have you ever read Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible? They'll tell me, no, why, why would I read that? I say, because you should. You should know how they think. You should know what, what the enemy establishes so you know how to avoid the enemy. You know his tactics. But not only that, then they'll go, you've read the Satanic Bible? And I'll go, yeah, I read Bible. By bow, right? So the the reality of it is, is that these these quote gods. Now remember, everybody, that when I call them gods, because that's what they are in their minds. That's what that's what people actually believe them to be. Why do you think they served them and built temples with them and had men serving them? Every single one of them, when Enlil in the Sumerian text, when Enlil would grant one of the other gods from the Biru. 
um, he would grant them a territory, right? So he would grant them a territory and send them off. They would instantly build a temple, and they might have a temple built and all of mankind in that area serving them, which is why we have the same temples, the same designs, different types of cultures, but we have the same emblems, we have the same text, we have the same stories from all of these cultures all around the world because it's the same people just sending different emissaries from themselves and granting them land. So you would have a son of Inky that uh, a son of Inky, which ended up building all of the Mayan temples, right? So this was Marduk, and then Marduk ended up being up in uh, up in Mars ultimately because uh, he had challenged Enlil's right to the throne because Enlil's time was shown in constellations to Marduk to be over. Because Enlil is the sign of the bull. Now, I'm a Taurus, so the sign of the bull is Enlil as well. So I understand the bully that he is. I, I, right. well, I had to die yeah. being a bully. <laughs> but anyway, back to, this, back to the story. And, and it's a two-part you know, story, right? And, and so the first thing is people are like, how can you be so affable uh, and so friendly and respectful? And I say, because, listen to me. These are beings to be respected and not trifled with, okay? Mm-hmm. And I understand that I put myself in the direct – are, they, already, they already know me, but it's like one of these things where it's like I'm basically – I have to be respectful and friendly. I am not, I'm not here to judge them either, okay? So the only way – I just wanted – something occurred to me. The only way that one of these two characters could end up being a god is if you let them be one. Exactly, and that's an that's an important thing to tell you because no, a lot of people are going to call them God. Get ready for it, okay? They're mm-hmm. going to acknowledge them as God, and they're going to worship them as God, right? And it's 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 a pattern of convincing you to worship them, and you don't have to worship anybody. That's the truth. The only person that has your heart is love himself, and that is the Father. That's the only one that can have my heart, the only one. And he, and this is what he says to me through his, through Isu, his, my brother. My, my brother Isu was actually the father taking an incarnation in this planet. Yes, he came in the flesh and he experienced it with me, came and held my hand right next to me, and then put his spirit into many of us. So, yes, none of that has changed. But here's the thing. This is this is the great deception that you guys are about to undergo. And it reminds me of the Star Wars uh, series because George Lucas is corny and as crappy as some of those movies turned out to be. And I acknowledge that as a Trekkie and as a science fiction person, right? But the message still was there. It was like the people were made to think that there was a conflict between the Empire uh, or the drone army and the robot army led by Dooku – and in fact, they were all colluding together to take over the whole mess. And that's exactly the pattern we're seeing here. And so, mm-hmm. yes, it's my duty as a son and a son to be obedient. Because you know how it is with me, Derek. I, you remember when I when I was going to put up the Vesica Pisces um, video, and then when I was going to put this video up, how much I was struggling with it. Because it's like, man, this is this is heavy truth, man. This is heavy yeah. duty truth. And this is hard to hear if you've been indoctrinated or haven't been deprogrammed yet. This is the kind of thing that this is why they couldn't wake people up in the matrix when they got too old because it would just blow their minds too much. <laughs> right? 
yeah. that kind of level you know, of and, truth. And, yeah, and and let me just tell you because I've been I've been asked and and in the comments here and the questions because the same thing is happening to everybody, Steve. So I just want to explain that this awakening for myself, so you can understand it for you, because the we all might have different paths, but there are similarities in it that will help. So this story that you're hearing, this Sumerian text, this entire story of Enki and Lil Anu, the Anunnaki. Um, planetary systems, collisions of planetary systems, all of this. All of this I received inside of five minutes' time. So I received this massive amount of information that literally threw me to the ground where I, I couldn't – I thought that maybe something had misfired in my brain that I had never once thought of alien gods, none of that, that instantly this was put inside of me. And it wasn't until it wasn't until that I, you know, when you have something like that, I would I wouldn't speak it to anybody. I wouldn't say anything because it was so traumatizing to me that I was terrified to say it. I thought they would lock me up right away. And what ultimately happened is the father began revealing to me in scripture first the same these stories and even names and so then when I found the Sumerian texts, all of these things began to be confirmed, and then I was led to the Book of Enoch and other things, including a book called the Sefer Yesirah, which is the Book of Creation. That's what that means. And all of these things confirmed all of this. So now this is where you know uh, Scripture speaks of that young men and old men will dream dreams, right? So we will, we will see these things that you become a messenger for this. And I can't, I can't tell you enough that in receiving all of this, I don't know many people that would have been able to, uh, to, to be able to contain it without blowing their heads off. I, I, I felt that I had been designed for that because being an engineer, being a, a technical guy, this all definitely made much more sense to me than what I had fully understood at that time in Scripture. So as you... As you receive these things, I want to encourage everybody this, is that as we tell you about these things, the very first thing that happens is your faith in what you thought you knew in the Bible gets destroyed. But understand that that destruction has to take place in order for it to be rebuilt in truth anew. So do not fret. Continually go back, like I said, be a red-letter disciple. Read Christ's words because he is the only one out of everybody that was truly trying to disclose these things right in front of everybody's face, and they killed him for it. So with that said, I'll let you continue, Steve. No, so anyway, so Gary graciously, and again, does, does, did Gary, a, you know, in his story, he's agnostic, faithfully, or had been a Episcopalian agnostic or something like that, and then, and then comes into this fantastic knowledge overnight through this, this kind of fantastical story. And, yes, it could be a hoax. Of course it could be. I'm always skeptical. But this NASA photograph is what's interesting because we have Star Miller, our photographic expert on the WSO team, has done the breakdown, and several of our subscribers have also looked at this photograph. And in the photograph, there's multiple layers or dimensions of photography like a holographic image you might see printed on a, see, like a magazine or something like that, okay? And as you turn the, this, the one image on a laptop back and forth, you basically see that whole 
Sumerian creation myth unfold in pictures and also the sheep being eaten by a serpent, being processed into a soul, being recycled into the world. I mean, it's all there. And what Gary thinks is that if we just look at the picture, we'll get the story and everybody will be okay and everything will be fine. What Gary doesn't understand is he just waded into my pool. This is my pool. I'm on the deep end, Gary. I know who these people are. I know who these beings are. I've studied this for the last 30 years. So I, this, is no, these are, this is no stranger to me. Let me tell you a story, Derek. This will, make it, this will land at home. missionary in a church. It was a Pentecostal church at the time, and I was the missions director, and I had a mission trip down to Jamaica, the poor part of Jamaica, right, very poor. And I was driving one night through the mountains of Jamaica after having preached on Jesus and the um, throwing the net on the right side of the boat, <laughs> coincidentally. And yeah. I was, um, and I was uh, just had done preach, gotten done preaching, and I just loved the, these people. So we were having this great fellowship time, me and the associate pastor, Anita, in the car driving back. And all of a sudden, I was struck with a vision. And the vision was that, the fir- that they will come here and claim to be aliens and also be claimed to be your creator and your God. And I stopped the car. I was weeping. I was having a vision in the, in the middle of the night in a desolate road in Jamaica. The associate pastor says, what's wrong, Steve? What's wrong? And I told her. And she goes, Steve, you have to tell the world. Now, fast forward. That was 1988. Fast forward to 2018, and I'm sitting here, and I'm watching it unfold before my very eyes. You don't think I'm freaking out right now? Yeah. Hey, Steve, we have you know, uh, Star Star is on. Do you want to bring Star in? Yeah, and Star, what I would like you to do, if you would, um, please, is just give us a little assessment of your assessment of the photograph and your thoughts about it. Sure. Hello, Star, you're live. Hello, Steve. How are you? Hi, good. Hi, How are you? Hi, Derek. Hi, Steve. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Okay, so, you know, we, we spent a lot of time with Gary and looking over these photos, and um, I will say that there are some holographic aspects to the image when uh, using a laptop or any type of, uh, type of LCD device in the dark, uh, if you tilt it backwards. Um, now, the thing that we really didn't discuss on the show, we didn't really get that far, was the fact that this wouldn't be difficult for an entity such as Enlil or even our uh, the powers that be or uh, to, to create that sort of an effect on an image, especially a NASA image. Uh, so my assessment is, is like, Steve, yes, the, the things that Gary is seeing are there. My question is, who put it there? Because, sure, the, the pyramids could uh, amplify the frequencies. They could, uh, there could have been somebody, you know, putting these, uh, the oscillations out long enough to create that on a photo. But is that likely? Mm, no. Anything that's on a, on a computer or a phone, we have to realize, can be easily manipulated. Um, Steve, Steve and I know this because we look at a lot of strange images, and some people see things that we don't see. Um, so, um, I will say there is a holographic, maybe multi-dimensional aspect to the, the the main photograph that he's looking at, and a couple of sub photographs. But again, I agree that there's, there's a deception involved here, a great deception. 
and that that um, this is uh, what what I heard Gary tell us was that there's a soul trap. That that's what I heard him say. That's when what I, I heard too. Family, yeah, and and the story that he got, and he also met this entity in a holographic image and spoke to the entity and call and he calls himself Ava, which is so insulting to me. In, and I mean that in the most respectful way, because Abba is what I call my father sometimes, right? <laughs> right? Because it's like I'm in his lap. Like, and anyway, point being though, going back to the to the main point here. <clears throat> yes, this could be deceptive, but remember, I want my audience and I want Derek's audience to remember: we trust you with this information that you won't be deceived by it. Remember that if they want to point to that image and they want to point to the world to say this is the announcement of the coming of coming of this. Of this, of the Jewish Messiah or whatever. And Gary, by the way, did have one message for us tonight. He says, "Make sure, Steve, you tell him that Abba's coming for the Jewish people first. <laughs> I said, "Okay, Gary, I'll tell him." And that even confirmed. Well, you know what? Something I wanted to mention about that. What's that? Just, just to throw this out there, everybody does realize that the Rothschilds, who supposedly run the show here, other than the the GG slash AI. They are actually were originally court Jews, so the powers that be are actually supposedly Jewish people. But a WSO audience or a global witness audience or whatever, like we know that you know most of this stuff, or that it's coming to us to to kind of step down and give to people so that they can see what we're seeing as researchers. But realize this, you know, it we do we know that our audience is not the not the intended audience for this information. The intended audience of this is the rest of the world that's asleep. And when they see this, what are they going to do with it? Right? They're going to be deceived. You will not be deceived because Derek and me and Star and all, we're going to say, no, 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 no. We know who you are. We know what this is. Okay? Yeah, that's yes, but understand the, the Yes, but this illusion. See, I mean, we can show this material, but I cannot express how grand this illusion is going to be. And that's why I keep saying that, you know, this this false messiah that returns, yes, it'll be returned for the Jews. They're going to be the ones that hail that it is the messiah. And as a result of that, the Vatican and even Islam, they will all come. They will all fall in order after that, and they will all see this person as their messiah, all of them. We're talking Hinduism, right. you name it, every organized religion on earth because they were all written – the text in, uh, in order to, to uh, establish this prison of the mind of these people was written by this guy. Right. And I keep, saying this over, I keep saying this over and over again. We have to consider prophecy, and we have to consider these types of forewarnings and things like that. As You ha- always have to look at it. Is this a letter from the warden of the prison? You have to ask yourself so. that every time you see anything, prophetical or otherwise, because that's the discernment that we're going to have to have, the level of discernment to be able to discern between lies that are so grand and so easy to believe if you have not been prepared for them. Do you understand, everybody? That's where I'm coming from with the Gary Parker. And I told Gary Parker in a very direct letter today that he's not going to like what I have to say. But he, he, will, he will go on, and he will go on to other radio shows. He may even get international notoriety. What's really interesting is the groups of people that he talked to and documented. That was interesting to me because he talked to people from the Ames Research Laboratory. 
He talked to he talked to Hebrew scholars. He talked every single one of those people that he talked to and showed this stuff to, just freaked out and said, "Please go away. We don't even want to deal with it." Which means to me that they believed what they were seeing, and it was too great of a story for them to comprehend. And here we are, this community, considering the deception of it, and they're just trying to handle the idea that they just got a visit from Abba. Do you see the difference, guys? Absolutely. And I think that's the concern, right? That is my concern, that people will be deceived. And that's why I wanted to do this show. Not to not to smear Gary. I'm not. I don't think Gary's a bad man. I think he's a. I think he's an honest person that got caught up in something that he doesn't understand. I think he's the How many people are going to be like Gary? Who are just going to be like, oh, just look at the picture. You'll see how souls are processed. You can see it's a good thing. Right. You can see that. You, you can see that all your only people that are going to go to hell are murderers. Yeah, I don't believe one stitch of that. Well, you know the, the believe- amazing thing though. You, what what to me what Gary represents is exactly why and how people will be deceived. Now, he's just receiving this message, right? right? But, but imagine, imagine this guy, like I said, they're, it's not like they're not here. Okay, they're here. You just, we're, we're not seeing these people yet. But when we can see them, when this is manifest, like I said, we, we've got a crunching of dimensions going on right now. You can see that taking place. That's why Scripture even refers to the, the return of Christ when, in the correct portions. It says he is coming with the clouds, that, that the clouds would be abnormal. You would recognize this because the atmospheric changes are going to take place. So you can look up at the sky almost any given day, and you're going to see clouds that are there that just shouldn't be there, that they, they violate the rules that I mean, I, I fly, so they violate the rules of cloud formation. So, um, and I'm not talking about the chemtrail clouds. I'm talking about normal-looking clouds, but they just they there should be a mountain underneath them, or there would be something on top of it. There's something there that's causing the cloud itself, and you can see that. You can also see that there's a tremendous. Look, think about this: when you if you take a vapor and you put it over top of water. You'll watch how that vapor kind of separates into this kind of spiderweb-looking thing. You will see that in the sky where there's massive amounts of water that isn't in the vapor itself, but there is actual water that you cannot see that is causing it to look like the surface of a lake or something like that. Now, remember that in these, in these Sumerian texts that their craft are powered by water. So we're, we're looking at a byproduct of this. So when these people show up, imagine when they can actually, when their powers are manifest, it's going to be incredibly difficult. I mean, Gary getting information is overwhelmed by the, by the information that he can actually see in photos and things like that. Just imagine on a scale times a million or a billion, how is anybody going to, um, how is anybody going to not believe this? Unless you are aware that this is going to happen, which is precisely why Christ was continually saying, see, I've told you these things beforehand so you know. right? He was telling you what to expect so your mind would be ready for it. Now, that's where this gate, like I said, continues I'm to become watchman, more man. and more I'm narrow. Yeah, I'm on the wall, and I'm watching, and I've been given a lot of information, just like you talked about, You know, some of it just in really bizarre ways, right? And now I'm seeing it unfold, right? And now the question is, where do we go from here, right? And what, what we just saw, we acknowledge all, is, is the first.
first deception, but Derek, I think you discovered a second deception. Would you like to share a little bit more on that? Which which one are you speaking of? Oh, the second portion of this. Yes. Yeah, there's yes. going to be a so second we, Messiah. So we have Enlil that comes and is the Antichrist, right? So he he but he comes as a Christ and deceives the whole world, just like Revelation states. Now at that point, everybody is is expecting the real Christ. Now. The two personalities between Anki and Enlil. Enlil is the wrathful, vengeful one. And as I mentioned on the video today, if you watch Apocalypse, uh, X-Men Apocalypse, you're going to see the Elohim, which is, is embodied in one person in this movie. But that is essentially Enlil that makes all of these grand statements about how he's going to rid the world of all of this filth which all of us, quite honestly, have been prepared and tired of. Right? You, every bit of conversation that anybody has politically, QAnon and all this crap is all about how evil the world has become and these people and political powers. So we have an appetite to have it cleaned up right now, and you can see that. So this character is going to say, I'm cleaning this up. Now, the reality of it is that this is the one that is to bring all of these people together and, and establish a completely more demonic order than you've ever seen. And then the second one comes to destroy that first one, which will be Enki at that point. So then Enki is the more loving one because Enki actually does care for his creation. Let's face it, the this host body system and this body you're wearing, right? He took what was here, he took clay from the soil, he mixed in that clay, he then took the hominids from, from that was already existing in this land and he essentially accelerated what you would see as evolution by millions and millions of years in doing so. All of these texts speak of this. We're talking PT uh scientific wait, wait, wait. experiments. Derek, Derek, if I might interrupt yeah. you, because this is where people get confused. Did you mm-hmm. just say that Enki was God that created us, or did you say he <laughs> no. was God? Okay, go he, ahead. He, help help he's elaborate. The one, Enki is the one that created the flesh, not created the flesh, but remanufactured. So you've got. You've got uh, genetically modified organisms today. You've got genetically modified corn. You've got genetically modified insects. You name it. That's all he did. He took what was already here and genetically modified it by taking the DNA from them, from these Anunnaki gods, and putting it into us and then using what he knows about that because Enki is the scientist of them all. Throughout the entire text, Enki controls what's called the me. Right, but so let he, me let me, yeah, but I don't mean to interrupt again because this is important for people to understand this. So even Gary said, even Gary said that Abba told him that in these pictures he showed him that when he put uh, he was putting the souls of angels into these beings he created. So your soul, your essence was created in is is the Father. Okay. Your essence is the holy, holy of holies, okay? Your very essence is created by, by God, right, by the Father. But it was trapped in a human host body system. Please hear the distinction. We're not saying that yes. he is our God. We're just saying he created this system to trap angels. Go ahead, Derek. Yes, created by Enki. He created this body, which is why this secondary God in Genesis. So you have the first one that says that, that gives a death threat to Adam and Eve, right? That says you can eat of everything, but don't eat of that tree over there because that's my brother. 
essentially. So Enlil is in the garden making the threats to Adam and Eve, saying, if you eat of that tree, I'll kill you. It wasn't surely you'll die because you're going to die. If you eat of that tree, I will kill you. Because obviously they ate of that tree, and both of them lived to be in the 900 uh, era, so th- they didn't exactly die. They eventually died. But there, there's a longer, more story to that. But what that, ha- what that is is that when it says that God put a coat of skin on them, clothing of skin, that's this that you're wearing. The skin that you wear is the, um, was the actual manufacturer of this physical body and that he had to establish a soul within this body because the hominids that were here didn't have a soul. So think of a right. Think Where of a did worm. they get the soul? No, no, no. This is important. Where did they get the soul? They stole it by deceiving angels to buy into their plan. And that's what Adam and Eve were. They were naive angels. That is really all they were. And when they were deceived, they were deceived and they were and they were led through this whole process so that they could be entrapped and used as a food source. And that's what yes, this now let little me, mi- Go ahead. Yes, now let me let me let me uh highlight there. That angel, that naive angel that you were talking about, when it says in Genesis for when it's talking about God, right? You you have to, you have to remove the line that there's so many different names that are put in as God. So remove that. So I'm going to tell you that Father created them, male and female. He created him. He made them. So in that in that angelic being, that naive angelic being, was both male and female. They're neither male nor female. And Christ even says that 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 we, you'll be like angels not giving or being given in marriage because you are both male and female. This binary system doesn't exist where they're from. We, this is a binary system. So that from that, then they were made to be human and separated, and that was the separation from Adam, taking the female element from him and creating a separate female being so he could create this reproducing, this literally growth system where they would then give birth to them, and every single new birth would steal another soul. Yeah, exactly. and so, yeah, and so I mean, and this is the consensus of the community and of the of the intellectuals of the community, I guess, and the people that I've been running with lately. And so, going back to the Gary Parker story, Gary, yes, you nailed it. That's exactly the story Annual wants me to see. It's exactly the story he wants me to see. Okay. And it's the story Inky wants me to see, too, because they want to set up the bipole between them so that you are caught between good and evil, and that's the point. The point is is that good and evil are just two sides of the same coin in your mind because you've been deceived through the knowledge of good and evil. You have no right to contain that. So they've created no, a don't. duality that doesn't really exist. So really there's a divine oneness in all of us. We're all connected, and they've separated no. us to create a duality. One law. One law. Exactly. Love. Yeah, they're Love. one. One. Hey, Steve. One law. Yeah. Steve, I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, jump out, and I'm going to uh, screen some of these calls and get some of these questions. Would you and Star continue um, at, while I'm doing that, and, and then I'll be able to come back, and then we'll be able to take some questions. Yeah, now that we were able to set the record straight, it's 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 you know it's again it's critical to understand that there's not a deception here, but it's going to be you can see the pattern of how now it will unfold out to the public, guys. Do you see it now? 
there's going to be some remarkable photo or some remarkable uh, contact, or there's going to be something that's going to that's going to just make world attention onto the situations. And the second thing I wanted to add to this is: Do you think the Greater Israel Project is an accident? You guys don't know what I'm talking about about the Greater Israel Project. They're preparing the way for this. That's what that's what's yeah, the, happening the in Israel right now. Yeah, and the, the, right now the world's preparing the way for this. It, you can see the pattern just unfolding. I conf- I asked Gary if he knew anything about secret society. You know, you do know that the that the 323 of the Skull and Bone Society stands for genetic DNA. It, it's 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 a symbol of the soul body trap. That's the secret that the secret societies know, you guys, and they collude with it. They collude with it knowing what it is. It's a soul-eating system. That's why you're seeing spirit cooking and you're seeing all these different things come to the fore now because they're just showing their hand. They know. <laughs> they know the truth. <laughs> and, but the story that's been told to them, they're deceived too, though. We have to be forgiving. This is the thing I try to emphasize is that not one of us are, are and this is where, where, the, where the Bible talks about, all are, all are guilty. We're all guilty. Because we all, if we're here, we've been participating in it. Just by being here, we participate and collude with it. Even if it's unknowingly or under a deception, we're all guilty. That is the story. None of us are going to stand up in this system. We have to go back to our original blueprint, and that's the process that we are going to see happening in the spiritual realm. There's going to be some people that are going to, they call it ascension. I think that's a bullshit term. Ascension is just ascending up to their level like Enoch did, okay? It's like that's no, that's no level. I don't want to be uh, – I don't want to have these lesser gods over me anymore. That's what I'm deciding to do, and that's the decision I encourage you all to make is you don't have to serve a lesser god. You don't have to take orders from these guys. You're a sovereign being. This is what we mean when we talk about sovereignty. I'm not talking about separating myself from the eternal source. Heck no. That's the last thing I want to do. I'm very, and the only thing that love does as it beams out its energy throughout time and space is to say it's, a, it's as humble and as meek as can be. And if I accept that into my heart, I also will be humble and meek. So, no, there's no, like, there's a, this is an interesting thing that I just realized just uh, in the last couple of days. The word hope could also be thought of as the word imagination. You actually have the power to, in your imagination, Create a scenario in your head or that is as long as it's grounded in love and you believe it, you can actually make it happen. These are the kinds of things that we're going to be seeing in the coming years. People are going to start getting this stuff where Jesus said, if you say to a mountain, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you'd be able to say to a mountain, be thou moved, he cast into the seed. You think he was just being metaphorical? I don't think so. I think that people do not realize how powerful the human spirit is, how amazing it is, how beautiful it is when it's in its wholeness and when it's in its beauty the way it was created by the Father. Derek, are you back yet? That was beautifully said, Steve. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, that's the message that people need to know, too, and this is why I hate the shame game, guilt game. It's like, so I'm supposed to be ashamed of what I'm learning because why? Free? Because it's going to give me liberty? Because it's going to allow me to express myself the way I want to express myself with no – I don't care what the haters say anymore. Okay? I just don't care. 
because I love them too. And this is the thing that I've that, that one of the realizations I had to come as I'm learning about all this stuff and looking around me in the landscape and all the lies I believed and everything that I fell for, right, and realized my own complicity in it. I I realized that these fallen ones, humans, angels, um, Anunnaki, Pleiadian, whoever they are, whatever fallen ones they are, are still our brothers and sisters. Even though they're fallen, they're still our brothers and our sisters. And and the and this is where Jesus said you must love your enemies. I never got that until I realized, wait a second, this is my brother. This is truly my brothers and my sisters that are fallen here, including Enyo, including Enki, including Anu, including all of them. They're my brothers and my sisters. So, no, I don't disrespect them. I don't talk back to them. I just say simply, I am sovereign and you are sovereign. Let us go in peace. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, not trying to fight them or fight evil or fight good or any of that stuff. You're supposed to be right up the middle at peace with all. There's a quote by... What verse is it that says that we're not fighting flesh and blood, that we're fighting powers and principalities? Yeah, that's one of the Paulisms in Ephesians. And he was talking about that we're not up against, we're up against rulers, spiritual darkness. But remember that Paul was kind of taken into the good evil paradigm. So he felt like... What I'm saying is that the importance of that claim is that we're not fighting against each other. We're fighting against programs of the matrix, programs of the indoctrination, programs of our mind, not against our brothers themselves. So when when people come at you, or, or the, the haters, as you say, keep in mind, we're fighting against the program and principles, not the actual person. So so your your position of unconditional love and extreme forgiveness, that's the, as more and more people take that position towards one another, we will reach critical mass. We will reach critical mass. That's right. And <clears throat> that's a very diff- these are very difficult realizations to get to, but I'm humbled by them because I realized that I was complicit and guilty as well, okay, and in need, of, uh, and in need of, of coming to my senses. I'm reminded of Abraham Lincoln, the quote, one of his famous quotes. He said one time, he said, if I make my enemy my friend, didn't I destroy my enemy? <laughs> your friend close and your enemy closer. Yeah, well, there's that one too. But the point is, the point I'm trying to make is, I don't even have the right to hate these people, the enemy. We're all I must part just of love them. All have to I have to love them. them. I have to love the Rothschilds. I have to love the. I have to love them all, right? That's what Christ gives me the ability to do. That's a supernatural gift from Christ. That is what. That's what He wanted us to do. That's the path He wanted us to take: is to love. Because that, remember, remember, the preeminent creative force in the universe is L-O-B-E, agape love. It is. It's what created everything. <laughs> and then Which the all end, goes the back end, to the Hopi prophecies. It does. And the less than benevolent beings that came and changed the orbit of the earth and changed the nature of life itself to turn into a life-death cycle instead of a life-life cycle. Because listen to me, eternity acts like this. It never dies. Eternity is, see, this is the thing. We're not thinking about eternity enough. Think about the eternal perspective versus this story. 
The Father can outlast anybody. <laughs> He's eternal. So don't, nobody's worried here. So this is the grandest application of the truth of all the things that were meant for evil will be worked for good for you. This is how wise and all-encompassing our Father is. Even as horrible as all this stuff is that we see, he has the ability to turn it into something positive, and he's doing that right now. Wake up and understand the, 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 that this is, this is a bigger story. It's a wider story. And, but it doesn't obviate anything that I've ever learned leading up to this point. In fact, it enhances it, it enriches it, and it makes it easier to understand. When I finally understood the Garden of Eden as a honey trap, as opposed to the place where I was supposed to be, it all makes sense now. Right? The, the, the Garden of yeah. Eden isn't where I was supposed to be. I'm supposed to be wherever I want to be in the universe with the Father. That's yeah, where we're supposed to be. The inside of you, but not in the Garden of Eden. That's a, that's a metaphor. Right, but they actually are talking about this literal Garden of Eden. It's like, really? That's I know, I know. It, you it's, know all, it's the whole tree of good and evil, the duality. You, you know, they're, they're separating us from each other. They're separating us from the source, and that's the, that's the deception. The deception is huge. Like, like uh, Derek said, the, the deception is way, way beyond what we can conceive. Well, yeah, and, and the way the Bible says it is that it, that even my my very elect would be would be potentially deceived, <laughs> right? So it's an easy it's right. easy to get buy into any of the, any part of this matrix deception, and that's what people don't understand. That is the deception. And part of um, you know, like the the uh, the ascension piece, I think, is part of the deception too. Not not all of it, but to ascend into the fourth or fifth dimension. Is not ascending. <laughs> that, no. You know, ascending, it, that would be trapping you just in another place. That'd be like trading your inheritance for a, for a for a bowl of porridge, like the metaphors in the Bible speak of. <laughs> it's it, look, you there is no. It's an infinite number of dimensions. Five, really? We're talking about eternal. Right. We're talking about contrasting that mindset with an eternal mindset, which is really hard for people to even consider. Consider what eternal science looks like. It must look a lot different than finite science or the, the Fermanacci sequence or the sacred geometry, right, Star? I mean, it must be bigger than that. Very. I, I mean, really all... Think of fire all... or water or, you know, think of um, fractals. I think of... Um, wind or air, where does it begin? Where does it end? You look into the sky, into the stars, or, you know, and really it's, it's, it's all about our hearts. Everybody talks about, everybody's in their minds and in their heads. That's that's part of the deception, too, is that our hearts are, are where the, the key to the source lie. Our hearts where the intuition lies. Our heart is where the all-seeing eye is. So all of the information that we, we want discern it's in our heart, not in our head, in our mind. It's in our spirit, not in our soul, mind, body. Does that make sense? It does. And, and the other thing that I used to have a real big problem with um, before I came into a lot of this, uh, into this the deeper knowledge, was I had a real big problem with the idea of reincarnation, right? I'm back, and, Steve, just so you know. Yeah, and I was just going to talk about reincarnation a little bit just to say how hard of a truth that was for me to accept. Because mm-hmm. I had been raised not to believe that, man. You you live once, you die once, and that's it, and you're judged. 
Well, well, that really serves Annual's purposes, doesn't it? <laughs> to think that, to constantly live my life in shame and guilt and say, I need a Savior, I need a God, I need somebody to be over me, in the sense of the guilt of sin and shame? No, come that's on, not, no. That's not what the Christ meant. Not at all. But here's the thing. But it's it, 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 when you start to understand it in the context of a whole body system and a, re- uh, a recycling and a taking of energy of a soul over many lifetimes, the whole the whole matrix makes perfect sense. Without that element, it doesn't make sense, right? And so that you know, and so this this idea of multiple lifetimes and things like that. And yeah, we had a lot of time to mess up on this earth. That's why I don't like the karma idea either, because it's like the whole. Uh, Hans Wilhelm um, uh, karma idea, man, if it was about karma, every time I lived a lifetime, I'd, I'd be weighed down with more karma. I'd never get off this rock. Oh, that's yeah. exactly no, because what I we don't want. think people understand <laughs> exactly the universal laws. The universal laws don't state that karma has to be all good or all bad. It just states that karma needs to be balanced. So you could have all this bad karma in, one, in ten lives, but if you learn how to balance it in one life, it's, it's all about balance, not about yeah. one way or another. But we're on a well, to help people right. understand, have you, have, have, Steve, have you ever seen the movie Defending Your Life? No, I haven't seen that I one, Derek. It's, it's actually great. It's, uh, uh, it's um, uh, Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. It's called Defending Your Life, and it's all about uh, reincarnation. It's, Albert Brooks goes to heaven and gets killed by a bus at the beginning of the movie, and it, it goes through exactly what you're talking about. It's quite accurate um, right, um, once right, you actually right. learn this whole system. It is, but see, here's the here's the difference between that holy Hindu idea of reincarnation and making it to Nirvana. What I come what I've come to learn is every time that you die, they conk you on the head, stick you back into another host body, so that you can never remember who you are. That's what's really happening. They, yes, they, well, that's they, that's this host body system. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm not talking about reincarnation as, yes, this is something I agree with that I love and I think it's beautiful and all that. No, I think it's horrible. I think it's ugly. I think it's uh, it's horrendous. It's horrible. But it is what well, it is. Well, moving, moving, moving on through this host body system, um, and this is from what I've got actually from, aside from when I started to read Sephardi Yosirov and, and all of these other ancient texts that talk about this, um, that that it was – that still at this very minute we have the ability to leave this, right? So you've probably heard many times it says, you know, going into the light, right? So you die. Going into the light is basically returning. So everybody's deceived. They've been shown, well, you know, when you die, you go into the light, go into the light. Well, Lucifer being obviously the, um, the, the light bearer. So he's the one holding the light saying, come my direction. Uh, that when you die, you should flee from the light because what you see is light, as I've articulated many times within the video. But but the reality of it is you can't escape this by denying all of it, right? So if you in this system right now, this is my message to everybody and has been, deny it all. Deny this world. Deny what you see as being good. Deny what you see as being evil. That's the middle way, right? So the love is neutral. It doesn't pick a side between good or evil because all good and evil is just two sides of the same coin here. We think we know what good or evil is. That was the lie of the serpent in the garden when he said, you'll be like the gods knowing the difference between good or evil. No, you won't. You'll just take a side on what you think is good or evil. But you're really taking a side on the same – you're not, you're not really taking a side. It's the same football field. It's a double agent. 
Yes. It's, it's a it's double the same place. You have to get out of this place. You have to deny the whole thing, this entire system. You have to deny all of it and deny because all of it is evil. This entire system itself is evil. So in order for you to go and be with the source, to go with be with the Father, you deny all of this. That's precisely the words of Christ saying you must die before you can live and you must die to yourself. All of the different variations of that. That's the whole message of the cross itself. It's not something that he hung on, right? The message of the cross was you're going to die to all of this. Who cares that they right. put you on a Who cares if they put you on a stick? The the mere fact that once they do put you on the stick, great, because you've died to this world, and then you get to move past this. Don't go into the light. Flee this place. Right. Get out of here. We have the option. Yeah, we're voluntarily coming back into this place. That's the awful part. That is the awful part. Many of us are. But um, anyway, there's a there's a friend of mine that I also gave a phone number, and I'm hoping that he's on the line right now. It's uh, it's it's Bobby. He's the Relentless Maverick on YouTube. Is he on? Is, did he come on the line, Derek? I've kept I've kept scanning the numbers here. Let me just check here and see if he's on. Uh, we have about thirty or forty callers on right now. So. Um, oh Lord. Yeah, right now I do not see him in there. Okay. Well, Bobby, if you're listening, you know, jump on and we'll get you on because I wanted to talk to Bobby. He and I worked through this for three hours last night. So if you guys think that you were upset from listening to the Gary pa- uh, Gary Parker testimony, uh, Steve Olson was very upset, very upset. I had to I had to talk to Derek Starr, um, other people. I had to, I I mean I was I was getting constant counseling and therapy <laughs> from Bobby. Yeah. And so I just wanted to shout out to him. So is there somebody out there that we can talk to though? Uh, yeah. Let me. Uh, we've got. Um, we've got a couple people on here. Let me go to. Uh, let me go to. Ricardo, Ricardo, you're on with Steve, Star, and Derek. Steve, Star, and Derek. All right. Aloha, because I'm calling you guys from Hawaii, right? Um, oh, hi. Hello. Okay, you guys. I'm. I just hopefully, hopefully, I was talking to Derek, and I just ran like a million miles an hour with the information I was going to give him. He goes, "I'm gonna put you on the guy's show," but. If I go to say anything, and, and, and when you look back and you have a conversation with somebody, you're like, how come I didn't say that? So let me just say that before I forget, is um, you guys are bringing, like, the, the meat and the potatoes to, to, to the party here. And I hope that after this segue that has led this conversation to start, you guys don't jump off it, you know. Of course, the Nibiru and the planet thing is very exciting, right? It's like, wow. But there's enough channels that are doing that that I feel like you guys just got something so huge that it's like this should be like the focus point right here because this is the grand delusion that's coming that's going to be so huge it's going to cause men's hearts to fail. And I feel like, man, this is the one. This is, this is like, hey, new channels should be start popping up and being like, all right, everybody, let's get ready, let's get ready. We got four years, you know, let's get ready. But with that being said, um, I was telling Mr. Derek here that um, I'm wondering why people don't recognize uh, what the actual truth is, right? The actual, the actual heart of, let's say, the Father, right? Father Yahweh, Jesus, you know, the Son. If the heart of the matter to them is their people, right? His people. He, he says it over and over in the Bible, his people. And then people get all up and tight when they say, oh, yeah, all Christians are his people. 
anybody who loves him, and, and it's to me, I get really like heartburn. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. Don't call yourself his people if you are not his people. Not not just because you're you're sewed into the fabric, you know. You're not cut from the same cloth is what I'm trying to say. Like, don't call yourself his people if you're actually not of his source. What what like me being Mexican, right? If I was to say, "Orale, don't tell me gente." I'm saying, like, yo, where's my people? I'm not saying, yo, where's my white people, where's my Chinese people, and where's my Indian people? No, I'm saying, where's my Mexican people, right? Like, where's mi gente? So if God was to say, yo, my people, where's my people? For they suffer for lack of knowledge. And he's always looking out for his people, saying, like, yo, wake up, you guys. You guys are supposed to be the leaders of the world. You guys are the ones that are going to fight this delusion at the end that's going to be so grand. You guys are going to have to represent so in end, I'm thinking, like, there is his people waking up, but nobody wants to hear him because they're the most hated race. They're the most hated race. It's sad. Like, I'm choking up right now because it's really sad. When I was in Israel, I was telling um, Derek, I said, I went to Israel. It cost me $5,000. I was broke just to get over there. I was, getting, I was becoming broke. I gave up my apartment. I gave up everything just to get over there. I went over there. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to meet God. I'm going to see, I'm going to find out who this God is. And when I get over there, it was the most disappointing thing ever. Because when I get over there, I'm like, what the hell's going on over here? This is God's people? I'm like, this is not God's people. They were, they were just mean. They were just didn't want to hear you. Nothing. Like, no, no, like, hey, welcome to it. Nothing. It was just very harsh criticism. Like, uh, here, here's the, the, the goyim or whatever they call the people, right? Just that attitude. It just stank off them. And then you got the guys that are walking around with the guns, and it's very intimidating, and you're just like, man, like, watch out. You know, don't even look at them because they're going to want to, like, investigate you, which I really did. I looked at somebody the wrong way, and next thing you know, the soldier's coming at me, pulls me out of the line, and I'm like, this is nuts. This is not God's people. This, so at the moment, when I was there, I had a little... Everybody got to have a little intimate moment at the, the where the olive tree, right? Everybody here in the, in the group, you know, in the little tour group, you guys go pick up a, a time to have a moment here with and pray. I'm looking around. Everybody's bawling. Everybody's just having their moment. I'm looking around, and I'm like, yo, this is supposed to be my, I'm, where's my moment? I'm like, Lord, where are you? I came all the way down here. You know the trouble I went through to get over here. I'm not having a good time. What is going on? So I, I say, and I say to him, in, in, in all my frustration and what you want to call, like, my, my pure excitement to, like, really find this, this God and the relationship I've been wanting with him, right? I said, you know what, all I want, I just want for you to tell me what is really going on. Something is not right about this place, and I want you to let me know what is happening. Just tell me that. Just give me the honest, true fact. So immediately after that, you know, the, the two weeks end up, we fly back. The very next day, I show up in my little house I was renting or whatever. I get on the computer, and I just want to put on YouTube to put on, a, like, a song that has some music in the background playing. And while I'm searching for music, on the side, this was back then when YouTube didn't do all this, like, you know, they, they give you the videos that you're subscribing to. This was just random. And on the side was this um, video of black people <clears throat> go to Egypt and see who they are. The t that's what the title The title was something like that. Or, or black church goes to Egypt and, and, and sees who they are or something. And I said, what's that? 
because we were supposed to go to Egypt. The tour was supposed to go into Egypt, but we couldn't because there was kind of like um, they were being very disruptive. There's times that we, the trip got canceled because they were throwing rocks at each other out there on the street. It was just nuts. That, so we didn't get to go to Egypt. So I get back and I and I see the pyramids and the and the picture of the little video and I'm like, what is this? It caught my attention. I right away said, oh, we were supposed to go to Egypt. So I click on the video. And it's this black pastor telling his church, look at the hieroglyphs, you guys. Who do those people look resemble? And then they go inside, look, and he's explaining in detail. Look what they have not taught us of who we are and where we come from and who we used to be and, you know, all this history that has been stolen or, or kind of pushed to the side. Because when you see Hollywood movies, you see Cleopatra and it's Liz Taylor. You see Ben-Hur and, and it's, um, you know, these white actors. So since I was born, I always considered the illusion for me to believe that the Jewish people were white. These white people, you go to Israel and it's white people that are over there fighting with these Muslims, right? The Muslim people, the Dome of the Rock, all that. So when I get over here, back over here, and I ask God to reveal to me what's really going on, he leads me to that video, and I say, this is weird. I said, I said Lord, what are you trying to tell me? What are, you, what are you showing me? As time progresses, time progresses, here we are, 2018. You have the system falling down, right? You have the Rothschilds. Everybody's freaking out because nobody's listening anymore. Everybody's doing their own thing because they got all the information in the world. Everybody's passing information to each other left and right. Here you go. This is what I found. You got CIA whistleblowers. You got FBI whistleblowers. You got NASA whistleblowers. You got all these people that are just blowing the whistle. Yo, we work with aliens. There's pillions. There's, there's this. There's that. We've been abducting you guys. We got technology from them. All this stuff, right? Then you got to worry about the fallen angel story. Then you got to worry about where God is all in all of this. And then you got now this guy, Gary, who comes out and says, yo, and it's like, oh, my God, I was telling Derek, this stuff is so overwhelming. You know, thank God for guys like you. You got Jonathan Kleck out there. And these guys are, have great, you guys got great, great channels. But nobody is saying, yo, the few people that are, that are recognizing that, yo, the black people, this is what I want to say. This is my point of view. This is my stance. This is what I'm saying. And there are some people out there, but nobody's listening to them because of the way we've been conditioned to view the black community, right? You know, the cops hate them. They, they're just wild. They're just unruly. They're thugs. Well, Ricardo, I've brought this up. Let's I've brought this up program. a number of times. I've okay, brought this okay. I've brought this up a, a, a number of times in my videos when, you know, the one thing that I, that I would always say when, you know, when they threw me into prison, I was in there for, for three and a half years. I would have somebody come up to me. I'd have Latinos. Obviously, there's, you know, every kind of race you can imagine in there. And they would come up and I'd say, look, just because you don't know who you are doesn't mean that you're not seriously important to the father. You might be you might think that your race of people isn't important. I would say that to the blacks. I would go, look at this. I would tell them the same thing that that other guy was saying. I'm saying, look at the origins of these people. Who do you think you are? You have been relegated, and, and the evidence becomes this to me. We're trying to build a wall to prevent people from coming in. This place is literally the heartbeat of Babylon itself. Okay, so we're talking from the financial systems and everything. It, it, that we've got you know, Semiramis standing there portraying you know, that people call the Statue of Liberty. We've got all of these pagan, pagan institutions, the Masons. All of this points to the Luciferian system, which the Luciferian system would be, would be that of the brothers of Inky and Enlil, right? So, so you're looking at 
Um, who is persecuted? People say, oh, well, the Jews are persecuted. That's intentional. That's the, that's the illusion. Everything, just like I said, the Father has everything that the Father has is corrupted by the enemy. If the Father has his chosen people, the enemy has his chosen people. If the Father has his chosen flower, well, the enemy has his flower too, right? So there's always going to be a different variation. Uh, just like you said when you went to Israel. I ran a company in Israel, in Ra'anana, Israel. And I had a bunch of uh, a bunch of engineers, a bunch of hackers, probably the best there were that were all from the Technion Institute and the the conference room. What you know, because all of them serve in the military as well. So my conference room would have a bunch of guys in in camo, you know, in, in fatigues and automatic weapons sitting on the conference table. That was my conference room. And yeah. um, and the one thing that was astonishing to me is how none of them believed in the Father, none of them, but all yep. of them believe in Satan. Okay, so immediately I started to pay very close attention to what was going on there because none of them believe. I mean, all of them emphatically believe in Satan, but none of them believe in. I mean, I'm talking literally if you go to Israel and you talk to Israelis, they'll practice their their traditions. Right. They practice the Sabbath and Passover and all of their traditions. But ask them if they believe in God and all of them are atheists. It's absolutely yeah, that's, yeah, that's the attitude. That's the attitude. They're, but you, if you ask them, they are atheists. So, so the point that you're making is, see, you know, you pray, you know, God, I'm going to go to Israel and I'm going to find out the truth. Well, guess what? You know, this is where I tell people, be patient. The Father answers your prayer. You can't put a time limit on how he answers your prayer and when he answers it. He started to answer it with that picture, and he's continuing to answer it now. So he does hear Trust me, your prayers do get answered. It is being revealed. And the mere fact that you even asked, the mere fact that you even asked, Kate, that you want that truth. 99% of the people out there on this planet right now, they don't want to know any of this. They would like the soil to be as soft no. as possible so they can place their, their head firmly in the sand. Now, I know that Steve look dropped at all off. The people, look at all, yeah, look at all the people reacted to Gary when he came with this evidence to all these academics and these scholars and these Hebrew people. And it's not to diss the Hebrews. It's not to diss the Jews. It's not nothing about that. I'm my fear is that they're going to suffer more greatly than anybody. That's my true fear. They don't understand just, what's coming as a say, meat grinder. Just, just to say, I want to say to the to the caller. I'm sorry, I didn't hear your name, but Ricardo. You know, Ricardo. First of all, I love you, brother. I love you for calling, and I can sense your uh, your kindness and your devotion to this over over the voice um don't don't buy into all the fear because that's part of the game so it doesn't matter you know you're doing the right thing by going into yourself into prayer and asking for those answers from the inside out not looking from the outside in because confusion is designed to create chaos and fear and that's what's going on right now they're they're throwing out all these things to create chaos and confusion to make an easier controllable uh, deception. So don't don't worry. We love you. You're on the right track, but don't be afraid. Everything's going to be okay. Right, right. right. And um, my 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 main point, hopefully, because what what people are afraid to say is when people go see these uh, Israel, so-called the 
the woken black people, the community that are, that are out there saying, we're the true Israelites, we're, we're reading Deuteronomies, and look, it's us, it's us, and God is black, you know, the, God is a black man, and, and okay, yeah, all that truth is in there, but guess what, you guys, and I feel like I wish I want to run into one of these groups, because it would be so exciting, it will just be like, man, it's you guys, you guys, you know, it's like the real thing, the real deal, it's like meeting up your favorite movie star or something, but I would want to say like, yo, you guys, I hear you guys, and most people's comments is, yo, I, well, why do those guys come off so harsh and they're just screaming hate the white man and the white man this and and yes that's pretty messed up it's like that's not love that's not the source of love so you guys so the israelites out there if they ever even listen to this channel this is a mexicano this is i'm i'm sewed into the 12 tribe right supposedly you know one of the 12 tribes out there and it makes sense it makes perfect sense all the brown skinned people is under some oppression man it's like just straight hate and it's a sad thing and i'm thinking it makes sense it has to be there has to be a reason why brown-skinned people are so like just spit on and just like oh you know get out of here you know low class people or whatever but right, besides right. that we what i want to say we don't feed we don't feed that so this is the thing we we reject all of that we reject the world now we reject hate based on race we reject right hate yeah and i hear you guys I'm, I'm, li- I'm learning a whole new thing from you guys so yeah, you guys are I talking about the source it. of love I reject hatred i reject i reject this in but what I wanted to circle back to was what I think is the father's favorite question. And the father's favorite question is, I don't care what it is, just show me the truth. Right, the truth shall set you free. And and truly, just show the, me truth, the truth, no matter yeah, what the it truth, is. The, exactly. Yep. The the freedom of truth comes with a peace. You understand? It's a peace that you get. It's it's like you don't need no, no nothing else. You just know it. It's just a knowing of of that that answer you've been searching for. But be, be, let me jump back to the um what I wanted to say to the black Israel, Israelite community. It's like what got you guys into this mess in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Like really, come on guys. It's a little too late. I know you guys are just discovering now that you guys are the true people, but it's a little too late. It's like you guys dropped the ball. You guys got fouled out. It's over. It's like now God said, I'm sowing everybody in. Like, now everybody could be called my people, which is kind of like, you guys, I love that you guys are finding out, and yes, there's going to be a time and place for you guys to represent, but as far as the hatred, it's like, guys, come on, like, start preaching about the love and forgiveness that got you guys in this mess in the first place, because why did you guys get into slave ships in the first place? Why no, did you guys see, I'm one Egypt? of those guys, Ricardo, I'm one of those guys that, like, okay, so I, I researched the, the, the emerginal American native legends and prophecies and and beliefs and cultures, right? And I mean, so, rain is bad. Right. Hey, so Bob, Bobby is, by the way, Steve, Bobby is on now. Steve, hey, Bobby. Bobby is on. I so just brought just, him on. Let me finish the point. Can Bobby, you hear me now? And I'll, uh, yeah, I'll put you on. This, I'll, I'll talk to you here in just a second. I want to finish this point. So in okay, the, in the, in, there's the medicine wheel, and in the medicine wheel, you have white, black, red, and the yellow representing all the races of man. And one of the most beautiful prophecies of the, of the original Americans is the, is the idea that we will all someday be dancing under the same tree. And I believe that that's the new heaven, that's the new earth, that's the new world. Right. Okay. Yeah, and that's going to happen. That's <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But if I can lend my voice to, to the black culture and say, you guys, just try to draw into what got you guys separated from, from the Father, which was the disobedience, right, allowing sin, other gods, and stop preaching so much the white man's going to go down. You know, that's not up to you to decide. The Father will decide at the end. You are supposed to represent the love of the Father because the black people, they, when they're turned on to the most negative side of themselves, 
they are what they are. People think they are right now. They're thugs. They're just people that want to rob you. They're just, you know, rappers. They're all this, you know, they're sports athletes. They're just money, money hungry. Yeah, yeah, that's when they're turned on. But when you get a black person who represents love out of the father's creation of love, they're the most beautiful persons you want to be around, man. I love my black people. I've, But I love the black people that want pure love to come out of them, man, because that is just like a stronger black man, a stronger black woman when they represent with love, but it's kind of hard when you're getting beat with the stick or you got to watch out for the, the, the cops or, or you're under the poverty oppression, but I feel like get back with the father, tune yourself in, and, and go out there because you guys are the the thing that is going to represent at the very end. You are the chosen, yes, yeah, so start acting like it. You know what I mean? Because I want, yeah. I want just nothing but love for these people so they can turn on the, the love of Christ on earth, you know? And that's my main whole thing. I just summed up my whole mission. And I thank you guys for letting me, my voice come on you guys' station. This is huge. You guys don't even understand. Like, I wish I could buy each one of you guys tickets to come out here and do a little two-week vacation. <laughs> you guys are the bomb. <laughs> well, no doubt. I appreciate you it, Ricardo. Thank you, guys. We appreciate, yeah. we appreciate you coming on, brother. We really, really do. Just uh, right on. remember that no matter who is in love, whoever, whoever is in love with the Father becomes his chosen person. Right. That's where we're at, yes. Yep, that's where we're at, and it's up to everybody to do it. I appreciate you, Ricardo. Thanks for coming on. Steve, uh, like I said, Bobby's on now if you want to uh, introduce Bobby and uh, bring him into yeah. the fold. Yeah, Bobby. Hey, so this is the Relentless Maverick on YouTube, and uh, he's he's been out there. And Bobby, you know, you really helped to ground me in the last 24 hours because I was, you, as you know, struggling with this information, right? You, you will be my testimony that I was struggling with it, right? Uh, yes, sir, I will. I should. How many hours were you on the phone last night? Three hours, right? So <laughs> yeah. just give give me like because you're out there. You talk to a lot of people out in the out in the out, you know in the general public. You're, you're you communicate with a lot of folks in the community specifically. What's the feeling about what we've been sharing here in the last three days? Okay. Um. Okay. So if it depends on who you're speaking to about it. Because ultimately, the ear of the person that's listening is only going to be tuned in to the frequencies of their own understanding, right? I mean, when you go beyond that and you say, look, uh, can I explain something to you? As a matter of fact, I want to share this with you. This morning, I, I, I went to the store on my way to work, and the gentleman that runs the store in this valley, he's a Shia Muslim. And uh, I had a conversation with him about it. And what I experienced from him, I was trying to share with him the, the diversity of understanding relevant to the Vesca Pisces and to the alternatives of truth that we've, we've researched out. I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond impossible, but it's, it's real as, as, as this conversation. And what I got from him immediately was he immediately turned around and, and sold me the Quran. He was blind. He was deaf. He could not hear a word I was saying. He took control of it. Um, and what I realized there while I was trying to share with him, and his name is Sohail. I love the guy. He's really, really smart and really sweet. And he's devout in his understanding and belief structure. And what I recognized this morning trying to talk to another intelligent person who's equally sound in their own belief, and I would, I'm equally sound in my, in my belief, uh, 
But what I realized was the immediate concrete block wall of, of I can't even listen to this showed up. My father, my own father, he knows me intimately. I've just explained all of this to him. His words verbatim, quote, unquote, were, Bobby, when you start talking, it starts to sound like noise. That's my father. My sister, she's 53. I talk to her about it, and I try to share. Well, in fact, I try to let her listen and just briefly, you know, associate herself with some of the videos that I watch, us, you, Derek, this, that, the other. Um, the eyes roll, the attention goes away. I'm, I'm going to share with you what I think, and, and, and this is just simply what I think, but it's only because I've experienced it across the board. When I start sharing the alternative realities that we are investigating, and I mean, I don't normally open my mouth until I'm pretty sure about something. And if I'm not sure, I'll, I'll segue my statement with, I'm not positive about this, but this is what I think. And, and in, our, in, our, in, our, in our little quest for knowledge and truth, I think the truth that we're getting and we try to share it with other people is that, that the people have this, there's a mechanism, there is some type of of switch that takes over their, their ears and their understanding, their reasoning goes into a scramble when I try to make sense of the alternative choices. I mean, when you start telling people about a script that's coming from 14,000 years ago, it's in a cuneiform. They don't even know what a cuneiform is. You know, they have no idea what a, what, what a story is before our story. It's impossible to explain it to people without getting into the great details. I don't think there's a really quick, brief way to do it. Derek, are you listening? Yes, I am. And this is precisely why where people have misunderstood the, the New Testament and the Gospels. When it says that Christ was waking, that he was raising the dead and opening the eyes of the blind, this is that. When he said exactly. let the dead bury their own dead, he was literally... Yeah, let the dead bury the dead, them. right. They're, yeah. they're walking he was dead. They don't even know they're they dead. Are, yeah, they don't even know they're dead. In fact, in, in, in fact, the reference says twice dead, some of them, that they are dead. Twice dead. Now, so can I, can I, I, I thought about this, Steve. I was up last night. Now, you and I, I went to bed at 1 o'clock. That's 1 o'clock Eastern time, and I got up at 4.30, and I went and I, I mowed four yards and built a drive, uh, parking lot today. And all day long, I was so scatterbrained that I really couldn't focus. But now I'm sitting back in the bus, and I'm ready. Listen to this. Listen to this, gentlemen. Look at Calvary from the cross. Not looking at Calvary on the ground, looking at the cross. Look at Calvary from the cross. He's on the cross. Forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. After we talked, Steve, last night, I sat for a while, and I was kind of like homogenized everything we were talking about. And what I realized was that statement is a broad statement. Forgive them, for they know not what they're even doing. It wasn't that they didn't know they were nailing up the, their only option out. It wasn't that. It was the continuation of their mindset and the continuation of the church and the continuation of the body of church and the Catholic universal church of Jesus Christ. He knew it was going to expand and blow up and, and, and grow. And it just usurped everybody to this point. I wish that I had known when I was six years old, eight years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, what that meant. Because I wasted 40 years chasing something that was the wrong thing to chase. 
And and like I was trying to explain to Steve yesterday, Derek, that it is going to be very, very complicated to take the belief man the belief structure that each human being has. I mean, now I'm fifty, so uh since I was six years old I've been doing Bible. I spent twenty years, thirty years away from it, and for the past twelve years I've sincerely humbled myself and became nothing. And it wasn't until I became nothing that I recognized my full potential. Well, that's, that's, my where personal that's where the statement comes from. You have to first be nothing before you can be everything. You first have to know nothing before you can know everything. Right? Exactly. That's the whole point. When I've told everybody, exactly. when I say empty your cup, forget what you think you know, right? Because everything, and this is where I've, I've continually expressed and warned. I said, this, this information is going to shatter your existing faith, it, but only to begin rebuilding it. Your identity, your ego, yeah. your value, your all pride, your, your understanding, your whole existence has to go to – I put out a video and said I have dwindled my, my whole life down to nothing. I live. I love. I cry. I feel alone. Yeah, and Bobby, this that's is the a, scroll of John, right? So this new information, the scroll of John that, that is handed to John in the book of Revelation that says, eat of this scroll, right. and in your mouth it will be sweet as honey, but in your stomach it will become bitter. And I say, the minute you hear this information, you go, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And then I warn everybody, now you're going to become sick because then everything <laughs> that you see is going to be destroyed. Right. This yes. is going to absolutely yes. wipe you out before it builds and if you it, back up. And if you are not completely wiped out, you will fall prey to your old pattern. Yes. And not, not only that, your old Derek, pattern, but seven not only that, will return. Derek, <laughs> not only that, but you not only will you fall prey to your own pattern, but it will be so much harder to get back over and over again. You can't help it. I have to do an inventory of my feelings, my thinking, my position, my condition, my placement. I wake up in the morning. I walk outside. It's in North Carolina. I've got a beautiful view, but I see what's coming every single day. And that is an adjustment. Every time you fall down, Bobby, it's harder to get back up. It is very hard to get back up. And, And you know something? I think that, and I want to tell you that I want to share with you, the first video you made, I watched it intently, the very first one. And, and something you said, not something, but several things you said rung true for me. Okay, so I validate you, and I consider you, and I appreciate you, and I haven't been able to talk to you. I sent you a couple messages. I don't think you got them, but I did send them. And I want to say that when, when Steve talks, some of the things him and I, we, we have a lot of disagreeing points. I mean, I, I piss him off quite a bit because mm-hmm. I'm not getting it or my viewpoint is, is a little askew from his. And we go round and around with it, and we've done this for a long time now. <laughs> but, but what always seems to transpire out of the conversations is that I'm going to gain a little bit more. And I think that and, – and to be honest with you, man, I to, I'll, just like I told him, I think this is my feeling, and my feelings and intuition are incredibly powerful. Uh, it's the only thing that's, that's been with me that's kept me alive and, and able to be who I am. I should be, I should be in prison. I should be dead. I should be a drug addict. I should be 
the scroll, you know, just I should be the worst of the worst. And for some, I don't know what reason, there was a point in time about 11 years ago where God says, no, son, I have a plan for you. And the plan for me that I see today so far, the only plan that he had for me at that moment up until current is for me to stop doing everything. Stop looking ahead. Stop building goals. Stop goal setting. Stop adjusting my identity and my ego and my pride to make other people happy. Stop developing a, a sustenance and a, and a massive gathering of cash and ability to, to continue in this world, of this world, about this world with an identity and titleship and entitlement and self-indulgence. Even on the sexual side, I've given up all of that. I mean, you know, that is one of man's greatest problems is his eye and the beauty of the woman. And along with, you know, I want to bring Jonathan Gleck into this thing. And that's, that's some controversial stuff too, but it's all relevant. This, this snake eating itself makes total sense to me. And just, I mean, just the, the three of us on the phone and the small little group. I mean, there's a really tiny little group of people here, Derek, that, that really get it. And, and even just to partially get it is to get it because I, I can't seem to get the ball rolling with the general population. I mean, I'm an orator. I can bring down and bring up data, details and data from way back when and try to bring it into a, a, a palatable, you know, serving to someone to, to, to try to help them. But even when their ears are open and they're listening intently, it is so far from the registered norm that we've all grown up with. And I said to Steve last night, I'm getting to the point to where I have to look at the, the entire Bible and every written doctrine and script and everything that's been written by the hand of a man and put it into the, to the, okay, I got, I can't live by it. I have to go a different route. And my route for understanding now is prayer. And no question that, about it, Bobby. Let, let, I want to, I want to bring up something that that's really important because we were talking about falling and and as you as you begin to get these things and and getting and being in prayer. Now many people have said to me, you know, I don't see you pray, I don't see you, and I, I'm always in prayer. That's the difference. Is now, now that pray without ceasing. Yeah, that pray without Amen, ceasing brother. statement is I am never not praying. I'm praying as we speak that your life. <laughs> you your, got it. Your, your life becomes a prayer. And remember, you got remember it. You are in it. Yes. Yes. I'm in the is prayer. This, I'm Steve, is that what we're talking about, man? This, oh. Yes. You're listening to my prayer as I speak, right? So my prayer is these words that I'm saying to you. The difference yes. is this is that, look, this is why Christ said, don't pray in front of everybody, right? Go into your private place. Yeah. Pray privately. Get quiet. He who hears privately and he who hears in secret <laughs> will reward you in secret and answer in secret. So any of the, all of these traditions, everything you think about this world. Now, here's the biggest problem, and this is my greatest warning to everyone, is that right. when you gain this truth and you are broken and you become nothing, as we've just talked about, Bobby, when you wipe right. it out. You know, it says Christ was clear to say, you know, that you remove you remove the demon and then uh, the demon goes off and finds waterless places and comes back and finds the house all clean and organized and brings back seven of his friends. Seven that more. Is very That's real. Right. That is that is very real for all of you. The seven of the friends would be. I, I watched you know, it in my own fan, in my own life. I've watched it in my I've own watched, in, intimate circle. 
I've watched it right here uh, amongst the people that I've brought in close that basically where people that wanted to support the ministry, right? So just as an illustration, they wanted to support the ministry. Well, they come in and they want to donate and they want to buy this and buy that and buy this and buy that. And they want to support that. But if they have not died to themselves, and I mean died to themselves. Yeah, you got to kill self. You have to die because instantly then all of a sudden their influence themselves became, well, I'm a bigger part of this ministry. And just what the disciples went through, who's when they were asking Christ, well, who's better of us? Right. And he was like, the least of you will be the most of you. In other words, the one that doesn't think anything of himself is the one that isn't going to destroy the ministry. Right. So the the attacks, the demons that come back when you do not stay dead to yourself is profound. So I just warn everybody, die to all of it, man. All of this, everything you you think you see. Derek. You did a video, I think it was yesterday, I think it was yesterday, maybe, I think it may have been yesterday, and in that video, you spoke about get in your bubble, get in your little square, clear your atmosphere in your little dwelling, and stay there. And anything that comes into your dwelling that brings a negative vibe and comes in to empty your trash, oh, that's what I wanted, I remember now. You were speaking about people coming into your life. Anybody that shows up with a garbage can comes in dumping their can on you. Let me tell you something. What I do know about human nature and the the relationships that people have, I, I spent some time in a men's group meeting. I spent quite a bit of time in a men's meeting. And it wasn't by myself that I got this information. It was by the the men that I was in. They helped me heal. They helped me heal. And to heal... I had to look at myself and recognize every causality for my, my pain and my suffering. And in this particular inventory style, this is what it requires. It requires you to take a look at your life and every decade that you've been in. Let's start with adolescence, you know, kindergarten, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, uh, college and a young adult life with a, you know, getting married, whatever. If you choose to get married, got married, whatever. Now, for me, I don't have a wife. I've never been married. I don't have kids. I've been a free, rambling, rolling stone. I have no anchor, never had one. I've traveled since I was a kid. I went in the Army when I was in, a, in eighth grade, 16 years old. I quit school, went in the Army. I was emancipated to go to the service. We still there? Yes. So... In that respect, I was so broken and so wrong. My, my, my idea of myself, I was self-sufficient. I had money. I had power. I had titleship. I had all the women in the world that I could ever want. Any woman that I want, I could go get. I've, I've traveled. I've been I've worldly. What I did not have was peace. I had no peace. And it took me three years, Derek, to chop myself apart. And, and I don't mean I had to die. See, because when you say die, it's, it's relative to something happening and you dying as the cause of something else. To kill yourself, that self, your conscious, alive understanding of yourself, to kill that, to kill your identity, to wipe out your ego, to surrender to everything that you have no knowledge of, and and, and no idea what you're going to turn out like. God says, let me turn you into what I want you to be. You're supposed to be something very different than you are. And in one second, in one night, the first night at the first meeting and the first group meeting, 
the man that was holding the meeting, there was 150 people in the room. He looked square into my eyes, never saw me before, never spoke to me before, and he's been teaching people for 35 years. He looked to the back of the room, looked right at me, Derek, and said, it's no accident that you are here. Now, from that moment until now, I have been just chainsawing me to a part, into little bits and pieces. Now, what's left of me, Derek, is everything. I've chainsawed it apart, but the, the, the concept of eliminating self has given me the awareness and the, the mindset to rebuild into the better. I love now. I'm passionate now. I'm sincere now. I'm, I, I care now. I love now. I cry now. I didn't cry for 40 years. I was abused my entire childhood in every way. I never cried. Uh, my mother held a knife at my chest when I was eight years old, laying in the bed. I woke up. She was standing there with a knife in my chest. And so what I'm saying is that if anybody's listening to what I'm saying and you want to get the idea of what's happening here, the first thing you have to do is take a real good look at yourself and understand that what you've done in this world has been for yourself. You may have acted like or thought you were doing it for someone else, but in the end of the game, it's not for someone else. This is the nature of codependency. It's the way in which we feel more secure and in more control in the life and and in the conditions that we're with by manipulating people, places, and things around us. And we become very good at it as we become older. Our, our program has becomes fine-tuned, and we get good at it, real polished at it. So, therefore, people don't even know what's going on. When you offer them something, they take it as a gift or a benefit, and they don't realize that you're the one gaining for it. It's just like your, 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 your point of view where they put into the ministry. Now they have a placement. They have a position. My position is zero. I'm, I am nothing. Yeah. I, I am a speck on the planet waiting for the almighty source God to give me the empowerment and the understanding to do what I'm supposed to do. And this conversation is one of, is one of them. And my friendship with, with Steve Olson that I've, I basically made it happen. I beat him up at three o'clock in the morning with an email and I had an intuition that he would answer that one first. So I put bold letters in there and for God, God hooked us up. He called me back within two hours. And from then on, we've been communicating quite well. But I think that you're part of it, Naughty Beaver's part of it, Steve Olson's part of it, Matthew is part of it, Lisa's part of it, your girlfriend is part of it, my ex-girlfriend is part of it, Naughty Beaver's mom is part of it, Naughty Beaver's illness is part of it. My mother was mentally ill. She's dead now. But I spent my entire life watching crazy, tried to be not crazy, but the drugs, the Haldol, lithium, Thorazine, those chemicals destroyed my, 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 my my mother. So I've watched that destruction. My father really, I don't think my father likes me very much. Um, and it's not me. I think it's himself. You know, this is, I want to help him and I want to help everybody that's angry. I want to help the people that are hurting. You cannot become a mirror to them, Bobby. And, And that's what happens. You know, I've, I've explained, maybe you've heard me explain this on the show is that, you know, we are more powerful than we realize. And so if you look at the, if you look at the flower of life, right, all of the circles intertwined, we are collectively a network, and we, yeah. we manage our own little universe. Literally, we are a universe in and amongst ourselves, yeah. right? We are powerful yeah, we're in that creating way. It. We're, 
creator. We're creating our universe. So when you change your universe, that interconnectivity of all of the other universes around you are being yeah. impacted by it. All of those now that you, love, you are changing. You're changing their Amen. universe. And they are not going to be happy about it. No, right. I heard you say that. Yeah, when you start twisting their universe, man, it just throws them for a loop, man. Don't change my universe. Hey, yep. Steve. Hey, Steve, look up a, a – uh, can you Google or, or, or Wikipedia right now emotional vampirism? Because you made, a, you made a poignant statement, Derek, about that, about people coming in and just robbing you. And if you'll, yeah. if you'll Wikipedia or Google emotional vampirism and read that – I don't, I'm on my phone right now. Yeah, but emotional emotional vampires are called emotional – Emotional vampires are called emotional vampires because they have the tendency to drain the emotional energy out of everyone they come in contact with. They're experts at eliciting emotions, reactions out of, out of each other and feeding off of those emotions regardless of whether they're positive emotions or negative emotions. Exactly. Yeah, so Get that. Feeding. That the, that, that's the draconian, right? That's what – There you go. Know, they're draconians. They are Dracula. They are literally this, emotional that's vampires. That's right. And this is the warning about the draconians that are present right now. And I That's cannot right. express enough. That's right. I cannot. I cannot express enough to people right now that not everybody. Yes, not everybody in this world is savable. Believe it or not. This I got is the it. one thing that I've been shown. They are not savable. They have already relinquished. They've already sold their soul. They are not savable. And you are to literally, just like Christ said. Shake off the Turn dust from your boots and, and walk away. And yeah, let the dead bury the dead, my friend. Yep. Now, what happens? So now, Bobby, here's Bobby, the, here's Bobby, the really Bobby. Go Bobby, ahead, listen, Sorry. I, I love I love that you're on the show that you got on, and that we got a chance to, to just kind of share. Because I love your thoughts. I love the way you think. All right, let me shut but up. Go gonna, ahead. No, I was hoping that we could get another caller on because there's like 40 people waiting right now. But I just want. Oh, good. Let Bobby. them on. Let them on. Let me go. Yep. I'm out. Love you guys. Love you, Derek, <laughs> hey, get my number from Steve-O. Call me later. I'd like to have a sit-down. For sure, for sure. All right, I'm going to bring somebody yeah, that's that. been on that I, that I didn't. Bye, Bobby. Uh, Bye, Bye, Bobby. Saw, we'll I didn't know you were there, honey. Hi, hi. Is your hi, son hi. good? Is your son doing okay? Better. Yes, sir. Amen. All right. Hey, all you, all, everybody listening to the show, I love you guys. Listen, eliminate yourself. Allow allow something else to bring you to the point uh, to who you're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be who we think we are. We're something completely different, but you have to kill yourself to get there. Not physically. You have to eliminate that identity, ego, pride, your disposition, your anger, your attitudes. Lose them all. Go to zero like a blank, white, plain piece of paper. Love you guys. See you later. Love you too, Bob. Hashtag unindoctrinate yourself. Yes, uh, unindoctrinated. Well, that that goes with the dying to yourself. So let me go to um, this one. This is a caller that I haven't screened. Uh, we'll see if uh, they've got some. I'm going to go to area code 214-430. 214-430 is the area code and prefix. And if you have your uh, Internet on and listening, please turn it down so there's no feedback. Hello, 214-430, you're on. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. What's your name? Hi, my name is Chris. Uh, this is my first Chris. time calling in on the Blog Talk Radio. I'm excited to be here. Welcome. Good to have you on, Chris. Do you have a question? Awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, make this short because I know there's a lot of people on here. I asked it in the comments uh, section because I didn't know if I had time to get on the show. Luckily, I do. So I'll ask you, 
Um, I've done some research on things pertaining to the sacred secretion and the cerebral spinal fluid going down the spine and the process that that takes. Um, I would be very interested to hear your opinions on how that plays into the Vesca Pisces host body system. Well, um, can you hear me, Chris? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, well, the uh, the secret the the secretion or the anointing, right? So this is just a another word for the anointing, um, and this is um, yes, it is true, but everybody thinks that there is a specific way of getting there. The reality is, our brains, our minds, this body is controlled by our mind. Let's remember that one fragment of DNA map. And one single cell of your brain built your entire body. So it can do it again. It can make you sick. It can cause sickness. All of these things. When, when we convince the world of a new disease, people begin contracting it. Right? So um, just like people not being able to, uh, not being able to, to beat the, the record for a, you know, a mile. Right? And then one person breaks it. And then 50 people break that. So the recognition that we are capable of doing something is, um, is what is required. When you die to yourself, when your mind begins to die to all of the things in this world, that secretion does take place. It is an anointing within you. It does cover you. It does fill you. So anybody that thinks that there's one way to achieve that and that you're going to decalcify your penile gland and, and that that's going to how, how it's going to take place, trust me, your body and your mind, if it wants to decalcify its penile gland and you have died to this world, it's going to shatter it. It's going to alter everything about you physically. I've watched people die to themselves and completely lose ego and all of it that were 250 pounds and within six months they didn't change a thing they didn't diet they didn't do anything but within six months they lost 150 pounds right so your body will correct itself we are very very powerful in this realm this is precisely what the enemy and these entities do not want you to know let me make this abundantly clear they are not your equals Okay, they are not your equal. This is why they have such a problem, and this is why they've captured us in this host body system. This is why they reduce you. The only reason you think that you're not their equal and the reason why you'll think that you're not their equal is because they've reduced you and they've convinced you that you're not. The reality of the situation is you are more powerful than they are. Scripture says that we will judge the angels. That's them. We're judging them as we speak right now. Right, and the key and the way the one of the key ways that we judge them, and I just thank you for letting me pop in here, is that by doing by turning away from darkness, by coming to your senses like the sun in the pig pen in the prodigal son story. You all know the prodigal son story, right? It wasn't until he came to his senses, okay, and when he came to his senses, what did he do? He started walking home. And that had to happen to us, and that's what we want to make available to all that don't have it. The idea that you have the right to get up out of that pig pen and walk home, and you don't have to take orders from nobody, because here's what's going to happen when you get to the Father. He's going to say to you, he's going to say, get my robe and put it on my son. Are you listening to me? This is the truth. This is how powerful you are. This is how treasured you are. This is how loved you are by the Father. Bring my robe and put it on his put it on him. Bring my ring and put it upon his finger. Which his ring is his authority, his finances, his power, all of it. He 
is making basically saying, you are everything that I am. That's what he said to the prodigal son. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Hey, Steve, uh-huh. Steve, Steve, I'm going to go to 585-283. Chris, thank you for the call. I'm going to go to 585-283 is the area code and prefix. You're on with Star, Steve, and Derek. Star, Steve, and Derek. This is George. It's very nice to uh, finally speak to all of you. Hey, George, Hello, George. how are you? I'm, I'm, Hello, I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. How is everyone tonight? Wonderful. Fantastic. I uh, I I don't know as I necessarily had a question. I mean, I do have questions, but they would take far too long for me to ask on this show. So I'll just chime in because, Steve, when you had the podcast with Gary, I had to tune in because I had actually heard Gary's story before in a previous podcast that he had done. And uh, so I had some time to digest it, you know, um, between the last time I saw it and when and when you interviewed him, and I'll tell you what what I felt back then and and what I felt this time watching it. Um, I feel like everything that he told you was the absolute truth in his mind, and what I mean when I say that is, I do believe he was shown these things. Um, but the question of who was showing him these things, you know, that that was the one that I was ever, never able to quite answer. I mean, because when you consider the questions you asked him about, uh, you know, his knowledge as far as Sumerian culture, um, you know, or Free, Freemason society, the, you know, all the secret societies, he didn't really seem to have an explanation. But this one thing that he was shown, he knew extremely well, you know, and to that extent, what my gut tells me, and I've learned since this whole process started, is that whatever it, whatever you feel first off when you hear something, that's usually the feeling you're going to want to stick with. But it it is absolutely worth investigating. Um, and this goes back to discernment. You know, discernment is just so terribly important in the world we live in these days because the truth is, as Derek says, consistently intermingled with the lies. You will not find the truth without the lie buried, burying it, you know, in every single instance. Um, so I, I, I have to say, I mean, it is unusual that I think there was a, a mention of a stellar event in the Cygnus constellation that will make a part of the sky appear red. Um you know, and there are other things, I mean, you know, just to give you a little background, I woke up, and I say that very lightly because I don't like using terms with this, but I woke up back in December, um, and, you know, since then I've essentially gone through every possible emotion, thought you can think of throughout this entire process, because literally when you when you go into this not necessarily wanting to, and I did not want to, I, I have to stress that, um, your thoughts become a fart in a whirlwind, you know. And and honestly, for for the first few weeks, months, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was having a midlife crisis, you know, which was incredibly dis- 
disconcerting for me because I'm not that old. But uh, you know, I every every possible bad thing you can you can even think of being a problem within oneself when you have these kinds of things happening. I thought it, um, but I learned very early on that this isn't my story. This is someone else's story and I have a part to play in it. So I just stopped trying to make sense of everything I was shown and just let it all flow through me. And I found that through that, instead of just immediately making a decision based on something I just watched or something I just read or something I just heard, I mean, when you, Derek, when you first said the serpent in the garden was God, I said, no way. The, no. My, you know, my reptile brain, my lizard brain couldn't handle it. Yep. But everything <laughs> that has come about <laughs> since then through Sumerian culture, through through the Anunnaki myths, you know, and I'm even seeing patterns that, that no one else discusses, you know, and I won't go into any of that, but I'm seeing how literally everything happening both on this planet and in the stars, it's all leading to the same conclusion. It's all pointing to this one, you know, like... All all roads lead to Rome. This is this is it. Yep. And and you know it's interesting because I've I've never heard um Maverick. I've never heard him before, Steve, but it's amazing that you brought him on because he sounds a lot like me and, and you know, the thing is when he started talking about his dad, my father and I, we don't get along well either and he's had to put up with this because he's one of the closest people I have to me. That's not to say we like each other very much, but our circumstances kind of were stuck together, you know? And so throughout this entire process, I've, I haven't had anyone to really discuss this with. You know, I've had this person who doesn't like me very much, and he went through his own spiritual experience, but for many, many reasons, he turned away from it and kind of closed himself off to it. And... I don't know if that was why I took a strong investment in him, but uh, but I did. And, you know, there have been knockdown, drag-out fights, you know. I mean, we've gotten in each other's faces a few times, and, and that's not even something I like doing with him, but he's my father, you know. And, and I know that he has it in him to be all the things that I – never knew I had it in me to be. Um, mm-hmm. That's the difficult part for all of us, George, is that we want everybody to have what we have. And as yeah. I continually express, you know, um, that that once you have this and you have these new eyes, now just as you said that you couldn't handle it when I said the God and the, you know, that the, that the serpent in the garden was God, I wasn't saying anything different than Yeshua said, Isu, Jesus, whoever you want to, whatever name that, that you're going to understand this to be. Yeshua. But when he said to the Hebrews, when he said to the Hebrews, your father is Satan, right? He was saying exactly the same thing. He was saying, you're, the, you're worshiping that one in the garden, the one that created this flesh. You're throughout all of the, he understood through their scriptures, through the Torah, he understood that this God was controlling man, and it's evident within the scriptures, as I was demonstrating in Second Second Thessalonians, with, um, or sorry, Second Samuel, with David being told by God to count the people, and then in the very same chapter, 
he has to repent to God for doing exactly what God asked him, right? So th- this is the this is the the dueling gods throughout the Old Testament. So when you recognize and you see through the eyes of Christ and you feel the the enlightenment of it, you feel the weight lifted off of your shoulders. You want them to have what you have very badly, but the only way it takes place is for them to see the transition in you and to feel the spirit in you. It's not going to take place with words alone. It just no. doesn't, no. and it's a very frustrating thing. That's why I keep trying to say, I go, don't worry about anybody else. If they are intended to see the spirit in you, they're going to, and then the appetite comes alive when they want what you have. See, that's the point. That's the goal that you're trying to get them to have. You want them to have what you have, and so we, our tendency is to try to convince them. You can't convince anybody of this. What you have to do is become that spirit, and then the appetite transfer takes place where now they want what you have. And then they're going to go, I don't understand how you can just not have any attachment to anything in the world. When I was in prison, prisoners would come up, and they could not grasp how nothing in my life, nothing, not the, because they put all of these important, they put such importance on nothing, you know, their, their coffee or this or that. And I would just hand it out like it was nothing. I didn't care. I had no attachment yeah. to anything, not emotionally, not physically. Oh, the only attachment that I had was the spirit that which was endowed in me, that I had in me. And they all wanted what I had. So when it came time for me to go out on the yard, there'd be 50 prisoners there waiting for me. Because they wanted to know what it was that I had. They wanted it. And that's where you need to let your family members get to. You have to be patient. Don't try to talk to them. Just show them. Just show them. Yeah, you know, and and I did reach the point where I realized, and I mean, I think I probably knew it all along, but uh, I did reach the point where I was like, okay, full stop, not going to harass you about this anymore. You know, and he... He he is curious, you know, he asks questions because I watch everything from UFOs to, to talking about what really went down in the Garden of Eden, you know. Um, but if I ever, you know, if what I'm saying ever bothers him, you know, he would start to get angry and that would kind of close off all the communications. But, uh, yeah, and don't you respond know, with Don't respond to anger with anger. Respond no, to anger no, with love. Yeah. I mean, honestly, every time, every time I deal with, because, you know, I mean, I'm to the point now where I talk freely about what I think, you know, if people ask, I'll tell them, but I, I can't take it personally when people get upset because they've been kind of programmed to get upset. To do that. They've been programmed to respond exactly that way. Hey, George. I'm sorry to, to to bump you off here. We've only got five minutes left on the show. I want to be no, able to that's, uh, talk yeah, to Star. And, I, yeah, I, I apologize you, for rambling. I just it's it's very nice to finally speak to to all of you. Um, like, you know, likewise, it's one good to have these, you on. One of these days, we're going to have to get Naughty Beaver in on this because I, you know, we will. He has a beautiful mind, and I'd love to hear you two, or all all of you. I'd love to all of you sit to hear all of you sit down and have a roundtable because you know you guys. This is the way, I mean, you know, everything Everything that you guys are working on, this is part of all of it, so, you know. It is, it is. Well, I appreciate you, George. Thanks for coming on. So, Thanks, uh, Steve, Steve Starr, any, uh, any uh, closing comments? I have, um, uh, I don't know whether she's going to say hello. I just wanted to, to have 
Malia come on and say hello to everybody because she'll probably be joining these shows more often. She is on. Her mic is open. So if she decides to say hello, then please jump in and say hello. Oh, please do. And I'm done talking tonight. I'm I'm just listening now and enjoying the show. It's like everybody else. <laughs> hey, Sandy. Thank you. How are you? Hey, there's are... Malia. Here I am. Hi, Malia. Yeah, finally... Hi. How are you, Star? <laughs> I'm good. So I, I, you know what? I've really I've been kind of coming in and going out on on the show tonight, and and what I I'm hearing so much raw excitement from these folks who are just feeling that spark that we all have inside that we know. You know, it's part of God within us that we know who He is, but we're just like in this room, this dark room, trying to feel our way. And it's exciting when someone can grab your hand and go, oh, I think I've got a part of him, you know. So it's really cool to hear these stories and how brave these people are because we've all been there, right? And in the last caller who called in, I think that, you know, when you're dealing with family members or people who don't understand, I think two, two rules apply. And Derek and I talked about this today. And that is validate what they're feeling okay, I, I understand that you don't understand or this is kind of weird, validate them, and then move to clarify. Why do you feel that way? Why do you think that you feel that way? And, Steve, you do that really well. Um, I love that, and so I'm excited to be um, – Well, we, we just lost Steve, so he just – his call just ah, dropped off. Yeah, ah. well, he might he might call back in, but uh, we've, only got, we've only got three minutes left on the show. Yeah, it's um, – uh, it is it's remarkable. I love hearing the excitement of people and the particularly the enthusiasm. But as you know, Malia, you and I have talked about um, often uh, that and anybody that doesn't know Malia is my love of my life. So uh, she's uh, I, I can't even I don't even know how to describe her, except she's just amazing. Um, but we talk quite often about the different conversations that we have with family members and other people and it is remarkable to see the similarities and hear the exact the exact same scenarios, the same responses. And so please don't anyone think that your situation is any different than ours because we have all of this information. It doesn't matter how much you know. Like, I, like I've said, the, the thing about Malia is that you automatically feel the spirit in her. When her and I had a conversation with, uh, with a couple of people together in, in person here, and it was remarkable to watch – to just when we're talking to them, that it's it's not necessarily the words we're speaking, but the, but it's the spirit of the Father in us that they recognize, and then the words are heard. But it's first the spirit of the Father in you. That's why I, I continuously try to to repeat this ad nauseum uh, that allow them to see it, not hear it first. And again, if they do say something like that's crazy, validate. Go. I completely I, I agree with you. It's crazy, but. They Can also I said add that something there with Jesus me, was crazy. What's that? Can I add something to that real quick? Yes, of course. So we all know with, you know, our system is, is fake. Our, our medical system is failing. They, you know, it's a materialistic view of a multidimensional faith. So these people, when you, if you try to tell them, you know, speak to them a truth that we're talking about, you know, the the lithium the, the the mercury the aluminum expect retaliation because they're believe it's very difficult. What's the saying? It's easier to fool someone than convince them that they've been fooled. Yeah. So I think it's important what you're saying is 
um, like, for example, I'm becoming a, I'm working on my PhD in natural medicine and holistic integrative medicine uh, that will work on the vital body, but I'm focusing on the spiritual, the spiritual realm and the energetic realm, different technologies. So I think there's going to be a paradigm shift, but just showing certain people uh, how these, uh, these processes work instead of throwing a pill down your throat, you know, you can change a tone in a, in a, in a function generator or in a, uh, on your, even on your phone, play a certain frequency and all of a sudden your headache is gone instead of poisoning your body. So that's, a, that's you know, show, show people through um, being the change that you want to see. Absolutely. Well, we've got 30 seconds, actually 20 seconds left. Um, thank you, Star, for joining. Thank you, Steve. Uh, so we lost Steve, so he can't say goodbye, so I'll say goodbye on his behalf. Malia, thank you for joining the show. I really love it that you were on. And um, 10 seconds here. So, again, we'll probably have a podcast. Thank you. Love you, too. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll have a uh, podcast next week. I love you very much, and we'll talk to you soon.